So you want to start web comics? <gasps> Who would do such a thing? Yes. My art ain't good enough for web <laughs> comics. Well, partner, I'm here to tell you. It is. <laughs> dun dun dun. Heed the advice of Prospector Crispy. <laughs> We're here to talk to you today about why bad art is a fake idea. Heck yes. I'm Crispy and I do web comics. <laughs> Are your pronouns web and comics? Oh, yes! A hundred percent. I'm Renny. I use she, they pronouns, and I make the webcomic Kate Blast. And I'm Varathane. I use she, they pronouns as well, and I make the webcomics Geralt and Witchwood. Um, but for realsies, Prospector Crispy does believe, like uh, Cowboy Thane said, bad art is fake, and there's no such thing as quote-unquote the bad art in relation to starting the comic when you feel you gotta there is an asterisk where it's a little more complicated than that but we can jam about it yes today today you're invited to this jam (laughs) come on and and slam (laughs) so what do you think when someone says my art is is stinky and I feel like I have to be like the best professional artist to start a webcomic. So I had this as a big mood for the longest time where uh, in the series I was trying to start before I started working on Cape Blast, like I, I think I started at three different times and I was like, uh, no, it doesn't match up to what everyone else is doing. Um, I have to get, if I'm not good right now, it, it, you know, then I shouldn't bother. And it's to me, like the first thing I think of is I'm like, you're cutting yourself short because we've said this on so many different episodes, but the best way to learn how to make web comics is to make web comics. And you're going to have to start somewhere to learn. And yeah, sometimes like what it looks and feels like may look vastly different than what your peers are making. And that's okay. Um, that's part of your journey is learning and like, you're not expected to just pop into existence and be able to poop out a manga. Like you can't do that. You have to work yourself up to it. Um, so by whenever I hear that, it's just, you're stopping yourself from taking the step you need to learn to get better by saying, I'm not ready to start. You know, sometimes I think about like this kind of phenomenon that, it's kind of really, really creeped up in like the creators' circles with <clears throat> creating stuff like web comics, art in general, whatever. And it's that access to having like an online community at such a like a young age now um, that I feel like the comparisons like start so fast and young and and just immediate. Like I I don't know. I remember in the old times, you know. You just kind of wanted to draw some fan art of Cardcaptor Sakura and you just took up a pencil and just kind of did it because that's just what you were doing and everything was just kind of okay for you. And 
when I was doing like comics as a kid, I was just like, yeah, I just got to get this out of my head and I'm going to do that. So I think what I'm trying to get to is that there's just not that environment to feel safe to grow in. And I think like a lot of people have that anxiety of like, oh, well, you know, everybody's showing their comics online, which technically means that no matter where you're showing it, there's going to be an audience uh, numbers and whatever, regardless. And you always feel like, well, there's, you know, user wolf dog 420 over there just really making some good art. Like I should be at wolf dogs, like kind of level to do that stuff. And and then, you know, the comparison kind of starts and then you get into that spiral of like, I'm not actually good enough or. But the thing that you might not know is like maybe wolf dog user like 420 is actually a professional artist who's been in the game for like 30 years or something like that. Like online communities can be very like it it seems like you're all in the same pool together, but you kind of you don't actually know <laughs> what what everybody else's journey has been to get to where you see them now in their artistic career. I remember when I was growing up and on DeviantArt, like a lot of a vast majority of people didn't post what their age was. So it was very easy as a 15-year-old to just assume, oh, these are other 18 to 25-year-olds. Because uh, what 50-year-old is out there drawing anime girls? Ha, ha, ha. Uh, <laughs> so it's very easy to like sort of plant that mentality that, oh, these people just were that way. Because you're not really seeing behind the screen. You're not seeing the work that they did to get where they are. Or even how long it took them to get there. And it feels poopy because, like, one of the really cool things about doing webcomics is, like, webcomics have, like, that cool learning curve that you can see over the years because how it's released serially, like, you know, the growth in someone's art is obviously going to change. And when people have this, like, mentality that it has to start really, really polished at the beginning because they need the readers and it has to look professional and stuff like that, which we'll get into really soon about platforms and stuff like that. Um, it, it cuts, you know, that, that opportunity to just post it as you go and learn and grow and, and, and whatnot. And, you know, that's where the assumption comes when someone has quote unquote bad art, where it's just like, I'm never good enough. And this is never going to get readers because it's not marketed professionally and blah, blah, blah. I think one of my favorite things when I read web comics is, uh, even when I just start a webcomic, because most of the time it loads on like the most recent page. So you get to see, okay, this is what their art is now. And then you click the first and you get first page and you get to see just how far that creator has come. I find all of those comics that are like that extremely inspiring because it's like, wow, this person worked their butt off and has improved so much. And like, and I see that in my own comic too, where I click the original first page and I'm like, Oh, God, I made that. And that was only two years ago. What? And I really just I, I I know a lot of people, you know, see that and associate that with cringe for some reason. And I think it's the opposite of cringe. I think that is incredible to see. And I want to see more of it. I think one of my favorite uh, examples that I kind of think of whenever like the subject of like, oh, bad, bad art, bad art in a comic comes up is uh, one, the creator of One Punch Man. Because uh, like, I mean, obviously, there's like a manga being released through Shonen Jump with like, uh, 
Yusuke Murata doing the art on it, which is gorgeous. But that is not the original version of the story. Like the the writer started it doing art uh, that I mean, it if you look at it, it's visibly like rougher than a lot of what's coming out of the professional like manga houses these days. Um, and it's clear that he jumped in without like a formal art education or anything. But he was having such a fun time like with the characters and like the the art while rough is really super clear when it comes to the um, uh, compositions and it shows what's happening. So it's it's good enough to not hold back the story, which is kind of the most important thing. Like the the goal of the art is just to communicate and all those layers of polish and stuff like that, those are great for marketing, but that's not actually necessary for the story. And it's the same, like, uh, the other example I think of that's very much like that is XKCD, which is an extremely popular webcomic, and it's stick figures. Like, no one's ba- no one's bashing XKCD for, you know, bad art or whatever. There, it's It's massively shared. Everyone loves it. And it's incredibly relatable and it's stick figures. So like, I feel like it's a little easier um, to kind of find examples when it comes to like newspaper strip style comics and gag a day comics. Uh, But when it comes to like action adventure and fantasy and stuff like that, there's this audience expectation that you're going to get like the, the biggest and flashiest and most shiny art. And that's kind of what a lot of people entering the game are kind of looking at and aspiring to which is like it's cool to work towards that as a goal but if you're just starting out you're not going to get there immediately (laughs) so kind of you just just start with what you got i think that would have intimidated me completely out of making web comics too like i often think of like the web comic scene now and how i would have entered it say i was just you know entering it and, you know, there's a lot of pressure, like, from so many different places to kind of be um, as polished as that expectation is. I mean, you know, hanging out in a lot of webcomic spaces with communities and stuff like that, you'll often hear people being like, I am scared to have a hiatus. I am scared that, you know, this this chapter is not going to be as good as the other one. Like, what if people leave? What if people hate it kind of thing? And, you know, I remember when I was figuring things out, that wasn't the thing that was on my mind. Like, I was just obsessed with the story and the fact that it just needed to come out. Just got to draw your Blorbos. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I, silly I, little guys. I needed to draw my silly little Blorbo guys. And, you know, like it was fun when you did get comments or saw that people were reading it and responding to it. But like the most important thing to me then and still now, I still have that now, is that I just need to get the story out. And, you know, I, I, I'm learning from it and it's cool. And I feel like with this correlation to that whole bad art not being good enough kind of thing like that that's really dampering that like natural growth in a lot of things like uh, um like Renny was saying like me looking at ghost junk sickness in the beginning is still very different from what it looks like now there's a lot of growth in how um we tackled art how we tackled the inking and stuff like that like I remember starting out, we were still trying to figure things out because I do ghost junk with my sister's face. And we were kind of like going back and forth with like who would draw it and who would ink it. And I was really, really slow at drawing and 
face hated inking and there's like moments where you can tell being like okay they're still clearly figuring things out but I would never like I would never cut that I would never be like okay well you know there's some growth showing here in this webcomic I have to cut it out and I feel like a lot of people think that a lot of people reflect being like well if I have to have it in print I have to redraw all of these pages and I'm just like guys the really cool thing about webcomics is the fact that they're indie created you're independent here unless you have a contract with like something that demands you to be like okay we're going to be published through us blah 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 you have to get through chapters one and two and redraw it or whatever and have some kind of like expectation from something that's going to pay you or whatever like I don't think I would stress out about turning it into something that matches the art now because, spoiler alert, you're going to keep growing from then. So that's when you enter the loop, the loop of doom. Yeah, we've we've met, uh, talked about redraw hell a lot in previous episodes too. And it's like that mindset is so damaging towards growth, uh, which is... One of those things that seems counterintuitive. It's like, oh, I've grown, I've changed. I need to catch everything up. Um, but you're really holding yourself back by just like not accepting the, the fact that, you know, the art looks the, the way it does. And that's okay. One of the uh, rules that I set for myself when I was getting uh, my first book ready for print uh, a few years ago, um, because the art, it, it was quite old and it looked very rough to me. Uh, and I was like, I can definitely do better than this now. But I was conscious of how common it is for creators to get stuck in that loop of like redrawing things and then getting dissatisfied with the redraw by the time they've finished redrawing it and starting imme over immediately. Um, that I, I decided on a few things because when I did those original early pages, I was working like very quickly with kind of a, a limited tool set of like just one marker color and uh, my brush pen. And I was like, I'm just going to keep using those same things and I'm going to have like a time limit for myself where I can't spend more than 40 minutes on a panel um, so that I could get it done kind of quickly. Because like I know that I, I, I'm not trying to turn this into something like crazy, super polished or unbelievably detailed or anything. I just want it to be a volume one that I can feel proud of. So I had these... Uh, like the whole process, it actually went very quickly. I think I redrew like something like 30 pages in about a month. So, um, I mean, it, it, it got it out of the way and I could move forward with the printing and feel good about the final result without uh, entering, <laughs> entering that loop territory because uh, I wasn't trying to make it incredible. I just wanted it to look good to me. Good, good enough, basically. Yeah, I just finished uh, getting uh, my, my volume one together, too. And it was very much a case of, like, I set similar rules for myself where it's like, uh, for me, it was I'm not going to redraw it unless I, I it is no longer canon to the story or if it's now a plot hole. Like, so I've made that. So I've gone back and I've redrawn, like, I think six pages from the original chapter one. Um but that was it. And I left the original art in um, because I'm like, you know, I work a full time job. It takes me a, a, the whole week to crank out three pages. So I need to be respectful of my own time. And that's the biggest thing. And I'm like, 
I've already told myself that my biggest goal is I want to finish this before I turn 40. And I can't do that if I'm constantly redrawing the dang thing. And it's such a good point, too, because, like, I often see, like, so many people, like forget to also include the fact that it's just like yeah you're also a lot of people working day jobs on top of making web comics on top of doing whatever their hobbies are on the side and stuff like that and an absolute vast majority of web comics are made on our own time for free for people to consume stuff like that so you know there's this interesting kind of era that we're in right now where there is that expectation because web comics are finally gosh finally being kind of scoped out by bigger like industries or companies and stuff like that i guess they can finally see the merit or whatever anyway so i i'm just basically talking about like having platforms like tapas and webtoons kind of like have this elevation for audiences and elevation for expectations now um when showing your webcomic to people so like you know in the old times it was just you know you posted your webcomic on your own site where you could kind of thing it wasn't something that had as many eyes as it does on these other two platforms and so when you're going to look on stuff like that you know um I do see a lot of polished art. I do see a lot of stuff that looks quite professional. And, you know, honestly, that's very intimidating for someone who wants to start their own. Not that I'm telling everybody to be like, be crappier now. Like, God, (laughs) stop being so good. Um, But when... I'm saying that. (laughs) (laughs) When you have, like, these, these moments of, like seeing what everybody else is up to and then you have these platforms that are pushing the most popular the most polished it feels very like out of the loop it feels like well where am I gonna squeeze in on this I I don't look like that like how do I you know get into this game like you know you often hear um people on social media being like you 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 gotta just start webcomics if you want to be in a webcomic you just got to start creating it. You just got to jump in. And they're also met with that kind of mental backlash being like, I want to believe this, but what I'm seeing out there is making it hard for me to believe this and embrace it because you're still having this like expectation on yourself too. And it's interesting. Cause like you've mentioned that the, how much the scene itself in web comics has changed just in the last five years, even. And I feel like in the days of like live journal and DeviantArt and back when I was a child, that uh, <laughs> was a lot easier to find sort of the the art and the comics that was made by people in a similar position of beginners. Um, it was a lot because it was a lot of you know the wild wild west days of the of the internet where you know you could make all this these comics that would never get published in a newspaper because that or get picked up in traditional publishing so you saw people trying things or just throwing it up there because there were no expectations and uh while there is still you know uh webtoon canvas and uh comic fury is another great place to find up and coming artists um it seems like there's a bigger barrier towards finding that uh that more novice more beginner art 
not even necessarily about like the the level of quality but like it's a uh, there was a whole like genre of webcomic that used to exist back in the day of kind of like that kitchen sink fantasy where it would just have like a little bit of absolutely everything that the creator was into just thrown in there completely unashamed of anything at all like it would start as like a like three kids hanging out in a living room playing video games and then by the end there would be like portals and like multiverse hopping and like demons and all kinds of stuff and i don't know i feel like nowadays even the stories themselves are kind of uh workshopped into something that feels more saleable i guess it's kind of a it's been an interesting journey yeah it's it's tough it is tough out there and i often have a lot of sympathy for like doer kind of creators who wanted to get into the scene because it's just like I I almost feel like there's like a little bit of a disconnect too that I have to their journeys like when I started out as opposed to when they started out because like I said earlier like I'm often reflecting like what I would do in this environment now like what would I do in this kind of scene where you do have access to platforms like giant monolith freaking webtoons and and tapas and stuff like that where you can possibly and this is a big possibly because web comics are insanely frustrating in that it's a lot of luck and kind of gambling some of your success because there's so many but you could possibly take off and it's just like you know i've i've seen the goods and the bads to it i've seen the lot of social pressure that kind of comes with it and it all boils down to your worth as a creator as an artist and stuff like that and you know i think that it's it's tough it is so so tough uh to 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 kind of think of um you know where can i start in web comics that were just so like open and accessible to everybody and i'm feeling like there's there's almost these 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 meetings of two different worlds with published uh content versus like creator indie stuff and again the expectations just kind of follow with that yeah definitely the the scene has gotten a lot more pro since when i got started and you could kind of do absolutely anything with your art um, I do kind of want to mention one uh, sort of exception to the like, it's, there's no such thing as bad art thing, which is that it is kind of, it is possible for the art to not support the story. Um, and there's kind of two ways that this could happen. Like, one is if it's just, it's not clear what's actually happening in it, and readers can't follow it. And that's, that's still something that like, you know, the, every creator will get, get better at just by virtue of doing it. Um, so I wouldn't let that in itself like scare anybody away. Um, but there, there is another kind of problem that can start to happen as creators uh, lean into more developed styles, which is that it's also possible for the art style to not match with the story that they're telling. Like if it's a very intense uh, and dramatic or like horror story, and then it's got like, um, I mean... It's hard. Sometimes the disconnect can be really cool and be intentional, but I there there are cases where it doesn't necessarily feel on purpose, and uh, it's just like this is the creator's style, and now a story is happening that is a bit at odds with it, and it can be a little tough for readers to kind of 
sink into the story if the uh, if the art isn't really uh, <laughs> selling the tone, I guess. And we talked about that a bit in the aesthetic episode that, you know, there's got to be like that kind of purposeful intention for the art direction that you're going for to match the tone, like Thane said, and the, the, the story itself. Um, cause you can have a really jarring effect when you do want to go for something that's actually like a really deep, dark horror that like explores some of the things. And then the style is just like really not lending well. And it's not, uh, something that subverts the expectations. It's just almost uncomfortable. So, uh, those are definitely things to kind of watch out for, um, as well as, you know, art that is just inflammatory or mean or anything like that like i don't think we have to get into that stuff but i think that one's pretty obvious (laughs) yeah that that kind of goes for the story itself too though like if somebody's trying to tell like a cruel or inappropriate story then uh, that's not even an art problem at that point (laughs) (laughs) that's a that yeah no don't do that (laughs) yeah so just uh just keep in mind for, you know, outside of a few, you know, small, small, you know, examples, your art's good enough and you should make the dang webcomic that you want to make. Art be damned. Uh, and with that, I'm going to call this a buffalo chicken wrap. Uh, I've been ready. You can find my comic at kateblast.com. Mm, buffalo. I have been crispy. I have. And you can find my work at ghostjonesickness.com and lunarblight.com. Ooh, new comic intro. Oh, um, I have been Varathane, and you can find my comics at chiralt.sevensmith.net and witchwoodcomic.com. Prospector Crispy has found gold. Oh, <laughs> well, looks like I struck a big one. <laughs> I could finally fund my webcomic book printing program. <laughs> this certainly beats the $2 in ad revenue a year, I guess. <laughs> the $2 that gets passed around in a circle at every artist alley, you mean? Yes, I got this $2 from someone named Very Thane. <laughs> oh, well, I think I think I I, I heard from Very Thane that that they got it from Crispy. Well, I, I did just strike gold. <laughs> <laughs>